welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me this evening to discuss two Hounds losses in roughly 74 hours, we got Vesti doing a good old two-man show just like episode number one. Vesti, what's good, my man? Hey, taking it back to basics. Um, gotta say, after much scientific research, uh, I've come to the conclusion that the Open Cup is a lot more fun when you don't have an investment in it. Uh, uh, you mean watching matches on a Wednesday after you've been eliminated on a Tuesday? Or matches before that Tuesday. Basically anything except for that Tuesday. Fair enough. I uh, I do enjoy the other uh, uh, second round nights when the Hounds were involved. It made for good multi-screen viewing. Yeah, I had uh, I had five going uh, while I was waiting for you to, to, to be available to do this. How... Everyone's getting the, the quad box. How are you how are you pulling that up? Um, so on the Apple TV, I think if you hold down the play button or the OK button or something like that, it gives you the option to pull in more streams. Um, since I was just sitting at my computer here, I just pulled everything into new windows. Um, it wasn't great, but it worked. Got it. I I usually I'm using the uh, a Fire Stick most often, so maybe I gotta switch to the Apple TV. I heard some scuttlebutt that the quad box on ESPN Plus is app specific um, for whatever reason. So, yeah, it might just not be something uh, you can do on the fire. Got it. Because I see pictures of people uh, watching the quad boxes on Open Cup nights or USL nights, and I, I get a little jealous, not going to lie. So I like, don't have a big enough TV to really take advantage of that on the Apple. Like, I, I played with it a little bit, but, you know. It, when you're sitting like 10 feet away and you only have like a 40 some inch TV uh, screen, real estate gets real small real quick when you start getting the quad box. Yeah. If, if I'm not watching on TV with the fire stick, I'm most, most often I'm watching games on an iPad. So the quad box is not going to be too helpful at that yeah. point. But as it is, uh, there'll be something for me to maybe look into uh, down the road. But as I said in the in the open, the Hounds take a pair of losses in roughly 74 hours. Their uh, first two losses of the year, one of those losses being in the league to uh, Las Vegas on Saturday night. And then just last night, Tuesday, uh, traveled back out to Cincinnati for the first time in a handful of years and lost 2-0 in added extra time. To uh, to Chalkman. Real shame. But we'll kick it off mm-hmm. with with the Vegas game. Uh, I was there. I'll have my thoughts on what I saw in terms of the play, the play, the actual game, and then the 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 away trip atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. Vesta, you were watching on TV. What uh, what were your takeaways from from Hounds at Vegas one 0 loss? Well, it's it's kind of tough to. To formulate much opinion, because yeah, you know, people have touched on it already, but the stream quality for you know four in the afternoon in Vegas time was rough. Uh, real low camera angles, so you couldn't really see the lines in the field, and there was a glare on the the camera for most of the game. So, um, so that stunk. <laughs> uh, and you know, we got to we got our flavor or our taste of the uh, the Vegas flavor with all their around the field bullshit 
but I don't want to complain about that because I don't want to turn into Phoenix. And honestly, it is what it is. But um, about the Hounds, they look bad. Like, you know, I feel like we don't have a great track record going west, which doesn't happen very often these days. But in the past, I don't think they, I don't recall them ever doing well either. So I don't know if, you know, flying coach across three time zones, you know, probably just doesn't really do it well for, uh, guys at this level and they just they just looked like they were missing a step um you know they, they, they weren't really getting great passes cashman's a converted baseball stadium so we don't have to deal with the infield situation um, like we did in memphis or tulsa and you would think that you know it'd be a decent playing surface then but it seemed like it was just i guess desert dry really bouncy another really windy game um so it's kind of like detroit where we we love playing at the wings and then crossing it in, but when we get in these games where there's like 30 mile an hour wins, it really screws us. Like we, we don't adjust well for whatever reason. That's what I was gonna um, bring up was I, I don't know what I've I didn't watch the, the broadcast back, so I didn't know if they brought up how windy it was, but it it was a, a complete wind tunnel in there that day. I was trying to think if it was if it was maybe not as gusty as it got in, in Detroit. But it uh, it was pretty sustained sustained winds and definitely it probably more apparent in the first half uh, than the second. But uh, yeah, uh, it was it was it was a wind tunnel in there. Yeah, they, they mentioned a few times, or basically every time, a cross went ten yards further than it should have. Like, oh yeah, you know, it's three mile an hour winds or or whatever. Um, but it just seems like. I don't know, small sample size, but it seems like the Hounds might be a, a literal fair weather team. So if, this early in the season where in these windy conditions, since they can't cross it in from the wings anymore because the ball doesn't go where they think it's going to go, they don't know what to do, um, which is a bit concerning because, yeah, the weather's going to get nicer over the summer, but playoffs and stuff, it's always pretty shitty, uh, you know, not September, October. But... um but yeah, I think they just looked looked bad. Just didn't seem to have their their feet under them. Um, and there was a decent amount of rotation, which we thought there might be because of the Open Cup game only a couple of days later. And then the, uh, Lily makes a pretty damning substitution in the thirty fifth minute to pull two guys out. Like that was crazy to see. Like I, you know, I guess you could argue that it's good he's making that adjustment, but doesn't seem like he has much confidence in our bench um you know and it makes me wonder if we have the depth that we think we have it when i saw the the guys stepping up to the um to the fourth official in the you know 34th 35th man whatever it was uh my jaw probably hit the ground it w- i couldn't believe it uh and then you know, and then it's two guys. So me and Yak and a couple guys are out there going, "Bob's got to be, he has to be so pissed right now that he's doing this." Um, but he, that happened to me. What was the lineup for that game? Uh, was uh, Silva in the back, uh, Wheat, Ordonez, Williams, and then uh, Forbes, Danbrot, Yabera, Williams, Cicerone, Kelly, and Griffin, and it's the 
the guys in the midfield, Dambrot and Yubera, that uh, got the hook in the first half. And I, what did you see on on the screen? Do you think it was more of a a personnel decision or a a, a tactics and formation decision? Uh, I I I feel like Dambrot. I, I I don't. He just didn't stand out to me like he was doing anything particularly bad. Um, you know, I heard some people say that he was passing back a lot, which I don't you know, necessarily think is a bad thing. Um, but if that's not the game plan Lily wanted to play and he was going rogue, so to speak, then sure, I'd pull him. Um, and it's just weird because you know, we, we, we liked what we saw early on with him, and then he went MIA for a while, gets in this game, and then gets yanked. So early, I, I feel like we're not going to see him again the rest of the season. Um, and Yabara getting pulled, I, I would assume that's just his play. That was wasn't too long after their goal, which was them coming down the middle. Um, it, you know, so if if you look at the lead up to that, their goal, it looked like the guys just didn't know what to do with the ball. Like they, the back line had it, and they didn't really know who to pass it to it got out to the midfield a bit and then it got passed back maybe by your bar i don't remember who it was and it seemed like they just they, they were just confused so you know maybe guys weren't going where they're supposed to go or since it's a rotation they're not used to each other i don't know but um since that goal was because of a, a screw up in the middle of the field and then, then going right down the middle i have a feeling that was probably uh, Lily probably honed in your bar. Maybe he was the one that that started that. So, I think that was um, maybe less tactics than just kind of like I don't know, personal grudge, I guess, against him that he was doing bad. So he wanted to get him out of there. You bring up a, a decent point and something I I could have brought uh, after we we discussed Cincinnati as well. It seems a lot of. Let's get the ball down the wings and and cross it in and try to find someone. And as I'm thinking back to the the bulk of the goals that have been scored so far this year, they've been either set pieces, which again is you know corner kicks set, which is kind of you know crossing the ball into the box. But from from open play, they, a lot of it's been dribbling the ball into the box or 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 bringing the box in. Uh, bring the ball through the through the top of the box, not not across the side. And this, to me, looks kind of shades of what was happening in in the more feudal times of seasons past, where we're just we're so committed to down down the wing, cross it, and just hope someone's there. And a lot of things, either the cross is over top of everybody, or there's there's actually no one there to receive the cross. Um. I, yeah, he, I just really, really hope it's his... not the uh, that's not a permanent change because the first three, the first whatever five games a year, it was kind of refreshing not to see that be, you know, plan A of of how to get the ball in the net. Yeah, Lily seems to love the overlapping runs down the side, um, you know, from about midfield to maybe the top of the eighteen, and then they start pinching in either through a cross or or passes. Um, they, there were times in the open cuff game they looked a lot better. Um, actually, like really good, um, especially against a, a stronger team on paper. Anyways, 
but um, at Vegas, they just they just couldn't seem to get it for whatever reason. Um, and another trend that I, mean, I, did, I haven't gone back and looked at all the goals against us, but my gut feeling is most of them, or at least a, a, a significant number of the goals against us, seem to be like what Vegas did. Maybe not necessarily starting because we made bad passes, but ending with a guy on the other team splitting our center backs, going right down the middle. Um, like, you know, they're, they're, they're being too wide or something from each other. And it's just leaving a lot of space. And I'm just really curious if that's what's causing that, I guess. And if it has something that needs to be addressed going forward. But remember that that happened a ton. The first third of last season too, where you, we basically had Vidiello having to stop, essentially a breakaway every every match for the first two months of the season because mm-hmm. of that that exact thing and then that that got cleaned up and it was an issue and now it might be creeping back into play uh, if, in 2022 yeah I mean I guess if we're gonna have one of our our back line guys being a wing back and, and head out the field that you know leaves you just for three to cover a pretty wide area and um, you know they 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 got to know where each other's going to be. And, and, and it seems like a lot of the goals, just people making bad assumptions and then getting split. And we don't have the keeper that's going to be sitting at the top, or, or we don't have a keeper right now anyways, that is aggressive to come flying out. Um, you know, but all the guys we've seen so far kind of sit back. So, you know, it, it's still early. You know, who knows? It's just be a long-term problem, but it's just something I'm, I've been kind of picking up on so far. Do you, we asked at the beginning of the season? One of the questions I threw out there was, "What is going to be the the bad loss of the year? Is there a chance that this Vegas game will end up being that bad loss?" Uh, I would say no. I would equate a bad loss as um, playing well and then uh, uh, giving up something late. This, I th- I just don't feel like we were ever really cohesive enough to be in it. Um, like, I really don't remember any dangerous looks on, like, against their goal. We did bog Vegas down for the, for the most part. They didn't really have much looks either, but... Um, I don't know. Everybody just seemed off. I guess Kelly um, had some good looks on goal, but like none of his finishing was as sharp as we would expect. Um, he, he just seemed to have a, everybody just seemed to have a bad day. So I wouldn't say it's a bad loss if we just weren't, you know, kind of mentally in it to begin with. Yeah, and that's. I mean, to me, I I had watched most of that match with with. The hands on on the head just stunned at, at what I was watching. I had a couple friends with me who are not Hounds f- fans. I dragged them to the game um, for the afternoon, and I had to leave the stadium basically just pleading with them, guys. It's it's normally not this bad, I promise you. Um, because that I mean, just in terms of a flat performance, it's been a long time since I've I remember just just. You, you, you don't want to say lack of effort, but, I mean, was it lack of effort? I mean, because it just, 
yeah, travel, yeah, Vegas, yeah. You got Cincy in a couple days, but I just it was flat, and it's it's hard to hard to explain other than just was it lack of lack of effort or lack of uh, preparation or or whatever you know, whatever word you want to use to describe it, but it was just it was ugly and flat. Yeah, it's very, very uncharacteristic of what that team is this year. Um, I think in the past, if we would have saw that performance in like game two or three, you know, we on those slow years, it'd be kind of whatever. But having five game sample size before this and, and seeing how they were playing and how good they look and, and stuff, it was just, it was, it was hard to watch. It, it was just, it was weird. Um, so if, they bounced back on Saturday against Atlanta, which they should, because um, you know it's fucking Atlanta, and they're terrible this year. Um, I'm, uh, you know, more willing to just kind of brush it off as a, a weird early season anom- anomaly. Um, and you know, apparently Vegas is decent this year for once. So I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll look back on it at the end of the year, and Vegas will be high up in the Western Conference table, and it'll be like, all right, you know, uh, what ended up being a decent team beat us, so. We'll see. Vegas has a chance early. of being okay as long as Trejo and, and Jennings, the, the two names I threw out there last week, stay on the roster. If if uh, LAFC come come a knock and, and and scoop them up, that team will go from respectable to, to pretty shit quickly because they, they don't really have that much else. Um, Romero and, and Net had a, had a decent game, um, kept them. You know the couple looks the Hounds had at the at goal. He he was up to the task, but yeah, if if those two guys are get hurt or or in any way not available, they're going to go from from respectable to the Vegas that we all know and love. <laughs> Speaking of the yeah. the Vegas we all know and love, as I just mentioned, I was out there, and so I got to take in the the Vegas being Vegas uh, firsthand. And I just have to say, I was thoroughly disappointed. I was expecting uh, craziness and, and, you know, the mattresses being right on top of the field and, you know, the, like the llamas being everywhere. And the guy, like their in game host guy was just like talking shit during the game. And, and none of that happened. It was, I was really disappointed. Um, they touch uh, on a few things here. Um, one, there was only only one llama. Um, Dottie, of course, passed away. I thought they had brought in a a, a new llama to take Dottie's place, um, but there was only one llama. There it was Dolly, and I never made I never got the pun until they said it there. It was the Dolly llama. Uh... Never picked up on that. And I feel like an idiot for never having saw the obvious pun sitting right in front of me. Uh, so Dolly I feel, was I feel there. Like you, hmm? I feel like you would get that more if it was a single llama the whole time. But when they're in a pair, I think it's easier. It, would, it, would, it always was Dolly joke. and Dottie. But yes. Maybe they didn't even mean for the pun. And then all of a sudden it just fell in their lap when it was, they were down a llama. <laughs> but Dolly was there on the field before the game. Um, they kept setting off uh, confetti non-stop like i think twice before the game there was confetti 
start of the second half, there was confetti. On the goal, there was confetti. Um, you know, for a place that's probably not trying to spend a ton of money, having to pay people to, to pick up confetti after every game seems like maybe not the best use of the budget, but whatever. So there was confetti nonstop. Um, the mattresses, for all the hype and, and the concern that the mattresses get, and to clarify, so they do mattresses, pitch side, in the beginning part of the season, and then once it gets warmer, then the mattresses go away and the kiddie pools get brought out. Uh, so they're not out at the same time. Um, but the mattresses were actually pretty far away from from the field. I I remember you kind of alluded to before where Phoenix was bitching about them being like a tripping hazard. They were, if, unless they got pushed back after that game, they were far enough away that uh, you'd you'd really have to make an effort to to have your momentum take you into the mattresses. I I think that camera angle makes it look closer than um, than it sounds like, uh, just because of how low the camera is. And I did see that the ad boards were kind of like notched backwards. Around yeah, they're the pushed back. Like, so they're, they they would yeah. if the if the ad boards were even all the way down the the pitch down the touch line, they'd be the mattresses would be either like flush with the boards or, or a little bit behind them. So they weren't terribly close to the field. I didn't think mm. I, after I saw where they were at and after the first five minutes, they, I kind of just stopped even noticing they were there. So I didn't think that was a big deal. The, they have this in-game host. Um, and all, I mean, all he's doing is reading every time the ball goes out of play, almost like a hockey game. You go to a Pens game, every time the, the puck is out of play, there's like an ad read or some hype-up thing going on. They, were, they they used that model. So they were either reading an ad, or it was this guy just trying to get the crowd like, Viva Lights! Viva Lights! And just like at the Pens game where they they blew they, uh, honked the, uh, the air horn for Let's Go Pens, the crowd follows along with it up until they stop honking the horn, or he stops saying it over the microphone, and then the crowd just goes dead silent. That place, w- that place was a library for most of the game. Outside of the, the, the Vegas goal and one or two other moments. That place was a, it was, I was stunned. A couple thousand they people in there. They had a supporters group, right? Oh, so uh, the electric company. The game starts, the, pl- the place is dead silent. We're like, where are where are these other supporters at? We start doing, a, is this a library? And I'm like dead serious, you know, when I say it is, because we were the only people making any noise. Shout out to the other people who now live in Vegas. They are uh, uh, trans, uh, former Pittsburgh residents, uh, men at Carnegie Mellon. They now live out in Vegas. They saw us in the crowd. They hopped up and uh, joined us for the uh, for the day. Shout out to those two folks. Um, but so we're doing, is this a library chant? And the place is dead silent. No one is is trying to even start anything back. Now we get to about the 10-minute mark, and now all of a sudden we start hearing drums. Their supporters group rolls into the match 10 minutes late. And they do this big, like, look at look at us, look at me thing. They got the flags going and the drums going, and they, they kind of waddle down to their section. Now it's like 13 minutes in the game. And then they go silent. I may have heard yeah, them. Anything like us. I may have heard them two or three times during the game. It was it was it was the damnedest thing. Say if anything like us, and you know, you all get to the stadium, and then you go find a beer or go to the bathroom or whatever. Possibly, except um, they're rolling in ten minutes late. 
Did you get the sense that that's like what they do, or they just screwed up this game? I I kept asking people like, is this every game? And and a lot of people, well, everyone that I talked to were like locals now locals who used to be uh, who were like Pittsburgh fans or used to live in Pittsburgh. Like, I don't know. It's been a, a year or so since I've been to a game, or this is my first game ever. Uh, and so no one could give me a straight answer of like this is like how they normally do it. Roll, roll in ten minutes late, make some noise, and then. And then shut up for the next twenty five minutes. I, I really Weird. don't know. It was it was the dumbest thing though. It was, I I honestly felt bad trying to to make noise and get chance going because just no one gave a damn. <laughs> there was a couple thousand people there, and they did not give a shit about anything. It was just a day out. Maybe uh, the Vegas experience is different. At uh, when the sun's up versus the sundown, possibly that, that was an early game. I don't know if they play the games that early usually. No, I I'll watch it on streams. I don't remember watching the game during the, that was still daytime in in Vegas. But I mean, they just did not give us like any good buildup of play, any you know contentious moments. The crowd was silent. They sat on their hands. And, you know, ball goes out play, and the guys on the microphone, Viva lights. Viva lights, and then the crowd's like, "Viva lights, viva lights," and that lasts fifteen seconds, and it's back to being dead silent. It was, I, it was I, such a disappointing away day in terms of atmosphere, and and I, I mean, anyone who knows me knows I, I obviously I love the Hounds, and I love Las Vegas, and so the day that it was announced that Las Vegas was going to have a team in the USL, I was looking forward to the day that Pittsburgh played in Vegas. It finally happened. What? five six years later and it was so fucking disappointing i i wonder you know we don't have the reference for it but i wonder if there has been a decline when they hooked up with la fc and then also you know this kind of running or this running thought that their days are numbered so maybe people don't care anymore Um, possibly but, I mean, there were just all the banners there that were not camera facing were clearly incredibly faded, like they don't get replaced. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that just were, you know, we're laying the, the, we're deferring maintenance on the things that aren't like on camera. There was a lot of that. Um, so you've had the, the pleasure of going to apparently a Vegas library. And then last year you were down uh, for the Miami in their library at, the, at Ricardo Silva Stadium. Em- yeah, a literally empty stadium. Um, if you if you had the option to go to to either of those again, which one do you think you go to? Based based strictly on the the two and a half hours I'm at the stadium, I almost want to say Miami because at least there was an excuse why it was quiet because there was no one there. Uh, Vegas, there was you know a couple thousand people there, uh, and they were just choosing to to um, to be dead silent. It it was the weirdest thing. I mean, based strictly on on the two and a half hours you're at the stadium, I almost want to say Miami over Vegas. It was that bad. Uh, shout out to them for selling me two two bottles of uh, of Angry Orchard for seven bucks though. That was pretty solid. Are there any slot machines in that stadium? If there are, I did not see them. 
Um, but <laughs> when I mean they sold me two bottles, they sold me two glass bottles. When's the last time you got sold glass bottles at a sporting event? Yeah. So that that was a, a highlight. Um, <laughs> but and then uh, yeah, then uh, Dolly was on the field. We posted that video of them doing like this little uh, this dog race uh, at halftime. And uh, if you had, if you have not seen the video, they they had all the, the dogs go from uh, the center line to one of the goal lines. The the there may had maybe twenty dogs. Like it was it was a, a fairly well attended dog race. Um, that's what that's what people came for. Not I, to get out the soccer had game. I known um, that it, you know if I get some action on it, and they sh- they should have at least put a, put them in gag. Like there was no reason that a goal retriever and a core year trying to race each other. That's just that's not gonna work. Obviously. Oh, uh, where, where's the governing body? <laughs> right. Um, so the race itself takes twenty seconds. And then it takes a good five minutes because now there's now the, the dogs are just like fuck it time to run around the field because we've been on a, on a leash for the last hour and a half so they are just like just pandemonium on the field so it's it's it's, it's humans trying to trying to collect uh, dogs who are just having a good old time and that takes five minutes so that was high class entertainment um, the the star of the, of the dog race may have got more applause than uh, than Vegas's goal. <laughs> But, Random aside, uh, I think it came out last week that Louisville is having a pup night when we go there um, in a few weeks or whenever that game is. My marketing team is getting lazy, man. I just think Riverhound's coming to the game, so it's going to be pup night. I'm curious if we see a third uh, pup night at one of our away games coming up. Uh, is El, are, we going, are we going to El Paso? They, that sounds like they should be doing pup uh, night. No, they're coming here we are going to new mexico new mexico so maybe uh another baseball stadium yes we're, we're, baseball doing, stadium we're hitting all promos. the baseball stadiums this year we got it, tulsa it's, uh, it, it's it's karma for, for your crusade against them yeah we, uh memphis tulsa new mexico um what's their one it would have been el paso it would have been el paso if we were yeah so that's there. the only one we're not going and then we're, we're, hitting, we're hitting the two x baseball stadiums in vegas and tampa bay yeah i guess el paso is the only one we're not hitting this year that's a oh well uh so moving on from that um i guess last thoughts on vegas for me uh only out there two and a half days had a hell of a good time uh had a buddy his wife's having their, their first kid next month, so wanted to get him out of town and, and have some fun. Did that. The The game was incredibly disappointing, uh, but uh, me, my friends, and then and then um, the uh, Yak and Jacob and Dan, who were also out there, we went to this, this show that just opened the week before downtown. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, it was, you know, like a variety act show. So there was uh, like some burlesque stuff in there and then some contortionists and some like a sword swallower and stuff. And it was, it was fantastic. And that was way better than the actual game. <laughs> but I digress. So after the, uh, after the, the loss, uh, that's on Saturday, Saturday, let's call it Saturday afternoon in Vegas time, Saturday, Saturday night back here in Pittsburgh. The team does not fly out until Sunday night. Uh, Yak and them were all actually on the flight that the 
that the hounds were on Sunday night. So they get into town early Monday, overnight Sunday and Monday. What? It was a red eye flight. Yeah, the red eye. To be clear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like at midnight or thereabout. And they essentially get off the plane and go onto a bus and go get bussed out to Cincinnati. So a not fantastic uh, travel arrangement, but when you've already bought the plane tickets and then you get drawn to Cincinnati, this is what happens. And they get on the bus and go to Cincinnati, and then last night they play uh, at uh, TLQ Stadium or something like that. Um, not at uh, not the old uh, Cincinnati U uh, football field. And uh, the Hounds, unfortunately, uh, drop a, uh, a 2-0 loss in uh, AET to, uh, to Cincinnati. Uh, I was, unfortunately... On a on a like a Zoom meeting during the first half of the game, which was, as I could tell, the better half for the Hounds. But uh, caught the second half in the extra half an hour. What uh, Vesti, you got to sit down and, and watch the entire uh, 120 minutes. What were your uh, what were your takeaways? Yeah, so I was all day. I was really anxious about that game because. Yeah, usually when you're in the Open Cup, when you're just trying to get as far as you can and not embarrass yourself, especially when you're going up against an MLS team. And you know, like when when DC came to town, I I didn't, I was not confident we were gonna beat DC. I just wanted to you know, have a good time and, like I said, have to not embarrass ourselves. But with the way that they started this year, and the fact that since he's garbage um, in MLS, I he was really optimistic about it. Um, a little less so after the Vegas game, but still optimistic and um and and yeah, like it for as rough as they looked in Vegas and, and disjointed, they looked crisp for that first half. Like they were controlling the ball, making great passes. Uh there was a point towards the end of the first half where they were just passing it back and forth to each other for like three minutes straight without giving it up. Um and just like you know, like maybe one of the best halves they they played in any competition this year. And you know, I know since he didn't roll out their starters or anything, but you know, you, the the second half of since roster sh- should be comparable to a, a championship team, if, if not a little better. So it's not like we were playing, not like we were playing against their next pro team or whatever. Um, and yeah, they, they look real good, and they. They, you know, had a couple good good chances. Uh, yeah, just the, the kind of finishing in the box, just the touch, the touches in the box just weren't there. Um, Cicerone looked very hungry all game. Um, you know, he he's been struggling a little bit lately, or at least not just pro- at least not producing as we 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 know he can. And a former like really player. To, yeah. So. I saw, I I really thought he was going to get something, but um, but yeah, we look we looked great in the first half. We you know held it down in the second half, but with these games, you know you you can play it close as much as you want, but there and and the skill level of the individual players can be pretty close, but there is still an incredible gap in conditioning between a championship team and an MLS team. 
And if you look at a lot of the games uh, in this round um, tonight as well, the later you get into the game, the the more the championship side starts to struggle. The MLS teams start bringing on some of their first squad guys. And, um, and yeah, so as the game went on, as the Hounds started to look worse, but still it took a, took them to the end, uh, to end the regulation anyway, zero, zero. So, um, so yeah, I, I thought they, they, they looked pretty good. Um, it looked to them like to me, like, time. I mean, at, towards the end of, of regulation that they were, I mean, just, just holding on to the, to the cliff with their fingernails, hoping to, hoping to make it to the extra half an hour. And then to me, it looked like, Hey, let's just, let's hope for, Either we, we we drag it out the penalties and and turn this into a coin flip, or maybe we get a we get a lucky bounce or a lucky break. But the the breaks all went Cincinnati's way in the extra half hour. Um, your thoughts on yeah. the on the penalty? We'll start with the penalty first. Your thoughts on that? Good call, bad call. Could go anyway. I am not surprised they call it, but I hate that they call those those penalties. Um, an extra time is when they had a number of their first squad guys come in, including the dude who drew the penalty, whose name I forget, but I know he's one of their their stars. Um, yeah, he, he he's in the box and he 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 hits the ball, not even towards goal, like he hits it towards the sideline or the the touch line, whatever that line that side of the field is called. Um, and he, he hits it in a you know away from the keeper away from that towards the, the, the boundary but he, with where he was on the field and the, the the power that he hit that like there's no way he's gonna even if the keeper wasn't there there's no way he's getting to that ball to make a play on it um and like yes wait he, he hits it right before weights get there so weight doesn't get the ball he, he gets his feet but like yeah, it's textbook, sure, but it's just like there's no way did not stop him from making a play in that ball because he was never going to make a play in the ball to begin with. So I, I hate that they call that because you know any any quality striker knows they're going to get that call when they make that sort of move. Um, so yeah, I understand it. I hate it. It is what it is. Um, so, you know, so obvious penalty. Another, another game what, that, that a team needed a penalty to get a goal yeah, down. So uh, I guess. Obvious penalty, sadly. Uh, again, I agree. Yeah, it, was there a good scoring opportunity coming from that? Probably not. Almost certainly not. Um, but yeah, it's a shame because I thought I thought I thought uh, uh, Wade had a a pretty good game and a good showing outside of conceding the penalty. Oh, he had a hell of a game. I I think he might be giving Bob something to think about. Yeah, he um, I mean, considering we didn't score, uh, I think him and Peters were probably my man of the match. Um, yeah, he 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 had Wade had really good positioning in net. Um, you know, he was where he needed to be to make some um, you know, really good saves. Uh, he seemed pretty calm and collected. Had a really good distribution, which I know that's something we've been harp- harping on this year. Um, like he was setting the ball to pre- pretty pinpoint accuracy where, where it needed to go. Um, 
So, yeah, so I feel like in the past, our Open Cup keepers didn't necessarily break into league play. But with Vosvik being MIA uh, over the last few weeks, and, you know, I, you know, we don't, I guess we don't know how dedicated to Silva Lily is. Uh, I, I definitely would, would like to see him play some more. It left a really good impression on me. And then uh, the 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 second goal. I don't think we even have to discuss too much. It was that was a, a horrid decision. Um, not even not even give uh, the foul against Cincinnati, but then to, to give Cincinnati call advantage for Cincinnati after they've tripped um, Dixon, and uh, so that was it. Went from bad to worst um, in terms of just not getting a break. And then it's two nothing Cincy, and they uh, they successfully uh, ride out the clock and get this uh, get the win, get into the hat for the fourth round. Yeah, it was total horseshit. It call. was it was um, pretty pretty fucking horde. Yeah, especially in the replay too. It that that's the 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 kind of call you you get, I guess, as a a, a higher seed team. Or a higher league team. Also, I, um, I'm going through and looking at um, just general uh, home home team, you know, win rate. Um, it it clearly it helps a lot to be drawn at home in the cup. Helps a lot. Be curious what the stats look like after this round is complete, but um, uh, even more than just general league play, it, it helps a lot to to be playing at home. Yeah, looking just skimming yesterday, most of the winners were home. Detroit won at home, um, but I don't think Colum- Columbus caught up a bunch of their next pro guys for that game. So I don't know. I don't think they really tried that hard. Um, and then looking at tonight's match is so far. Tonight's actually just more of a bloodbath for the hard, whichever teams in the higher division looks like it won. Um, not many cup sets this this time around. I guess um, give me some interesting conversations or arguments of if having MLS come in this way actually worked out to, for any of the lower league teams to make it further. I, th- you'll, I think it'll 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 require seeing how the next round plays out when the other uh, was that six or eight teams come in. Yeah. Uh, see how that because then that'll force a couple MLS versus MLS matchups uh, that would normally not happen in the in the fourth round will be forced to happen in the fourth round this time. So it'll be yeah. see if now if that helps. You know now there's a good possibility of some a couple more non MLS versus non MLS matchups in the fourth round, which will force you know lower division sides into the round of eight, which could make it more interesting. Yeah, I, I will say that. Even if MLS has kind of swept this round for the most part, uh, none of the championship teams going up against an MLS team got embarrassed. Uh, everybody, uh, actually, I mean, not not great radio. Trying to look at this on on the fly here, but um, almost every game, both teams scored, which I think is a good sign. And almost every game, the championship team only lost by one. Um, us, 
might be the exception to that, unfortunately, although uh, I think goals and extra time count a little less just because of it being extra time. But, um, but yeah, you know, they didn't necessarily get the wins, but I think uh, championship teams definitely had a really strong showing. Um, and, you know, that's one of those things that maybe, maybe next year, if they have a, a similar showing, some more teams, um, you know, the, the scores flip and more, some more teams get through. Yeah, it could be, um, again, I think just the different format and a couple different things. I, I really do think the gap is probably closing uh, a little bit more between divisions, especially if you, if you do it on the scale of, of the payroll of each, of each squad, the gap is probably closing comparative to the uh, the cost of building the squad. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of the MLS sides, you know, they rolled out their second half of the bench and some of them called up um, you know, MLS Next Pro kids. But if the championship teams can, you know, really push them, push the second half of the bench of an MLS squad, um, I definitely would say that I would agree that the the gap is maybe smaller than people think um, that, you know, a lot of these guys in the championship could make the bench on MLS. Now, if all these MLS teams trotted out their regular starting 11 might be a little uglier, but that's not what they do at this round. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll take the comparisons we can, we can take. So moving on from from Open Cup, we got uh, now look forward. Uh, the Hounds this Saturday at seven o'clock back at Highmark playing Hotlanta two. Uh, the Hounds currently between these last two games and, and the end of Tulsa now just over four hours of, of play without without popping in popping in a goal. Uh, probably a really good time to be facing a two team if there's ever a, not if there's ever a bad time to be facing a two team, but. Uh, coming off of two losses and and a bit of a scoring drought, good time to 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 uh, as they say, uh, fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah, um, Atlanta looks like they are going to be terrible again. Um, they're giving up on average almost two goals a game. Uh, you know, it's it can be just what the doctor ordered to kind of get over this little hump here. So I. As a betting man, uh, I would be looking at the Hounds team total, and uh, if it's low for some reason, uh, you know, I'd, I'd definitely take that. I'd see us putting in at least two, if not three or four. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta's given up a four spot to Detroit at home to Detroit, lost to Indy. They have they have wins over Hartford and Charleston. Uh, Hartford are fraud. Charleston's again the team I thought was going to be half decent, and I was t- completely wrong about that. Uh, they gave up three to Tampa at home, lost uh, at home to, to Sugar Free. Maybe their most impressive game was uh, the season opener, only losing one nothing at Louisville. Yeah, I mean, since then they have not looked great. <laughs> um, you know, that you you can easily, I guess, you could easily write off Louisville's first game as just whatever um yeah atlanta, atlanta doesn't look good uh looks like same old same old 
And, uh, I mean, you, you talked earlier about, you know, what would be a bad loss if we somehow screw the pooch on Saturday, uh, that would be a bad loss. That, that would, we would actually close the book on, on bad losses for the year. Cause that would, uh, home to Atlanta's who would, would probably be it. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta, uh, two is captained by uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh kid and former hound Robbie Mertz. Uh, last year when, when they came to town, I think everyone was, they weren't sure how to receive Mertz back in town. And, uh, then the game kicked off and everyone brought their knives out for, uh, for him, which surprised me. Not that I was terribly against it, but I, I was shocked that everyone was like, uh, just let, let's, every time he touches the ball, let, let's just ride him and see where it goes. And, um, you expecting more of that uh, this Saturday? Yeah, that was that was uh, interesting last year. Um, definitely unexpected. I, uh, I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, just didn't really know how to react to him coming back because it's not often that a f- fan favorite um, leaves and, and comes back. And so I feel like that the first year... It was probably the harshest we'll see it. I think another year, um, yeah. more distance between his time here, it just it'll become whatever. So I, I expect to be a little more toned toned down this year. My the other thing I'm uh, will be curious about. Not that we're not curious about every week, but forty five minutes before kickoff, when that lineup comes out, are we going to see the the end of this kind of eight days of rotation uh, and kind of put a uh, you know, uh, an end cap on on this past week and get the rotation done. Or the we're gonna see basically as best as you can figure out what a starting eleven is for this team. We're gonna see that eleven and just get back into the flow of of one match a week. Yeah, I I, I would expect getting back into the flow of things, um, especially because um, even in Vegas, some of who we consider our regular starters start on the bench and same thing um for for the open cup game so i i don't think they're that stretched out um from like a stamina perspective and and yeah like you said we're, we're getting back into one game a week now um so starting this weekend we have one game every saturday until for two months effectively uh so might as well just get back into the, the regular squad and go from there. Just kind of just brush these, these last 74 hours off the table, get up, get back, get in front of them or put them behind us, whatever, however you want to say it. Yeah. However you want to say it, it's all good. Um, so I guess the last thing we'll get on to for, for this week, this, this, we have no rundown flying by the sea of our pants. Uh, houndsy episode, very houndsy episode. Is everyone's? I wrote down the, the name of what we're gonna call this very long-winded segment, uh, the the midweek uh, midweek picks segment. Normally, it's gonna be the West Coast games, but with uh, this being Open Cup week, well, at this point, they're also mostly uh, the West Coast Open Cup matchups. And I believe you have compiled everyone's picks for this week. I did not make one. I basically got home, flipped on the recorder, and restarted recording the podcast. So I have no idea who's playing or what the lines were, but you have picks for the other four gentlemen and uh, 
would you care to share them with the class? Yeah. So, um, we actually have three of us who did it this week. Um, we're still, still figuring this out behind the scenes too. So these picks came in a little late. Uh, the, the rule was we had to make a pick before the game started. So one of these has settled because of whenever, you know, our recording time versus when we made these picks. So, um, it was Logan Storino and myself this week, Logan, uh, he is taking the double for Orange County versus LAFC. So that means he is taking Orange County to win or tie in regulation. That was at plus 270. Uh, and he said he's putting three units on that. Uh, Storino is the one that has settled already. He took a cup set of Tampa over Orlando at plus 333, I believe that was. Uh, obviously, I don't know, spoilers if you listen to this tomorrow, but you probably know the results already. Uh, that did not happen. So um, that's a L for Storino. And then myself, I did. Um, I took the under two and a half for the San Antonio versus Austin game at plus 125. That is currently in the 80th minute, and there is one goal. So oh, the wheels fall off uh, here. I got some update your, uh, your uh, feed there, my friend. Oh no! I'm behind. It is one uh, one in the eighty third minute. Ooh! So now you gotta gotta hold off for another uh, seven minutes plus uh, plus out of time. Oh wow! I'm two minutes behind. Jeez. Um, or I'm two minutes in the future. We will just hit the live button and get that caught up. So um, yeah, well, I'm a little less confident about that now. Then, but that's. Uh, I guess was, I'm pretty sure it's in regulation, so we'll see. Yeah, so you have to get through the uh, another seven minutes plus you know the three to five minutes I'll get added on and uh, make it through that. Yeah, a little disappointed that um, at least on DraftKings they didn't, and they this happens all the time. But I wish they would fix it. Is they never treat these games as tournament games, so there's never like to continue to advance. It's always, yeah. yeah. Not that they'd be good good lines necessarily, but um, I'd be more potentially more interested in taking those um, than just the regulation bets. Yeah, it's or like, the, they also they also use they don't have like the will go to extra time that you'll see sometimes in on tournaments. I I would take that potentially a lot because I feel like a lot of these do. What well, that's just betting the draw then? Oh, true. Well, maybe I'm looking. I'm, I, should, I should be taking the draw more often, I guess. Yes. Or the double, I guess, for the lower league teams, since that's usually pretty good for for some of these. I didn't want. To, I didn't didn't want to say it out loud yesterday, but in my mind, I would. I mean, this is going to sound stupid to pat myself on the back for 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 not saying out loud. You know that I I was thinking exactly what happened, but it it really did feel like the Hounds could keep it. Close, you know, get it to get it to the extra three minutes, and then, you know, it becomes a battle of the benches, and they're just going to empty a, a a more complete bench than than the Hounds can. Um, happens happens all too often in these games. Yeah, if so, uh, before our game yesterday, the the lines were very close. Um, they were not confident in Cincinnati at all, uh, and. I ended up not taking any actions. I just was really indecisive about it. But 
I, I agree going into that. I, I figured it was going to be close. Um, so if like the double was looking better for us, I, I, I would have considered that. As it be. So uh, with that, we're going to close this, uh, this episode of Houndsy up um, again. If you can get down to uh, get down to Highmark for, for Saturday, uh, go, uh, go say hi to Robbie Mertz for everyone. Uh, for those who've been longtime uh, still members, uh, Juan June is back in town. He's going to be at the game Saturday. So go, go say hi to Juan June. Uh, I don't know if Chubbs is going to be there. I hope Chubb, Chubbs will be there. Maybe we can That's sneak him back question. into the game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go say hi to Robbie Mertz. Go say hi to, to Juan June. Go say hi to Chubbs. And uh, watch the Hounds uh, kind of right in this, strip, uh, right in this, this ship after a, a, a less than stellar uh, week. Um, so I guess we'll take this thing home. Uh, I won't put you directly on the spotlight, but if we were to have a what did we learn this week segment, uh, <laughs> what, what would you potentially say, Vesti? Hypothetically, uh, I say I learned that apparently Vegas are frauds as far as you know what they're selling as their experience it's but all it's, it's all, shocking to all, hear. it's all it's all on the social medias and it's all it's all camera front it was it was the i was so disappointed yeah I, man. i, I, I mean the only thing I, that I'm made, disappointed for you i mean I, i've been waiting years for that and uh i mean i was almost expecting the the flat performance from the hounds because that's just how the way days have been going for me in the last couple of years but the actual in-game experience was a was a total dud, and um, I do have regrets that uh, that we didn't uh, get a mattress. <laughs> but with that said, we'd like to thank the beautiful Game Never for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocket Man and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash slash space babies pgh the show is produced by joe Majorek. email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line all complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu thank you for listening and we'll be back again soon <laughs>